It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Happy New Year, and welcome to the Canon Cast. I'm your host, PD. I'm joined this week by Dale Bloom. Dale, how is your 2023 going so far? It's going great so far. Beautiful or beautiful weather here in Tennessee. Um, it's always nice to start off the, the year on a high note. Hopefully the, the Jackets can have a better 23 than they did 22. Yeah, yeah. It has uh, certainly not a great final month of 2022. The, the year, of course, started with a blown lead against Carolina on January 1st, but they did finish on a good note with a win over the Blackhawks on New Year's Eve. Um, That ended a seven game losing streak. 
a streak in which the Jackets scored all of 10 goals in those seven games. They bounced back with a 4-1 win over the Blackhawks. These are the two worst teams in the league at this point. Uh, the same Blackhawks had stomped on the Jackets on the 23rd, 5-2 in Chicago. Now, are you one of those fans that is disappointed by a win against another bad team? Are you worried about the lottery odds at this point in the season? No, not really. I mean, I think there's a couple of things, right? Mm-hmm. Number one, no one's going to out-tank the Blackhawks at this point. Right. <laughs> um, once they move on, if and when they move on from, from Taves and, and Kane at the trade deadline, they may not win a game for the rest of the season. Um, they are going to be atrociously bad. And there's no one's going to catch them, I don't think. Um, yeah, and, and I was surprised by, even with Kane and Taves in the lineup, they were invisible. Like, they were no impact whatsoever in that game. That was shocking to me, how bad they looked. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know if those two guys are just kind of dogging it, um, or if the team around them is really that bad. Um, it's 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 hard to say, you know you want to be careful when you say those kinds of things because mm-hmm. these are professionals. Um, they're amazing at what they do. They want to win games. They're competitive, but here's two guys that have been at the top. They've won cups. Um, you know, they have accomplished it probably all, nearly everything they've wanted to accomplish. Now they're on a bad team. Um, you do kind of wonder about a motivation factor there. Um, but yeah, it, I was shocked too. And looking at some of the numbers too, the Taves and, Lines that Taves and Kane are on um, are among some of the worst lines in the league um, yeah. as far as expected goals. So um, it's it's bad over there. <laughs> Purposefully bad. It might be an important addition there. Yeah. So you're not you're not bothered by beating a team like that. No, 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 no. I, you expect to win games like that against you know. It's more disappointing that they lost the game against them that they did versus versus winning. Exactly. Now, one thing that I take away, regardless of whether or not we actually won the game, it I'm looking for improvement, at least on an individual level. I'm looking for some growth from this team. And so the fact that in that game against Chicago, Emil Bemstrom had a power play goal, and it was finally the kind of goal we've been waiting for him to score for years now, mm-hmm. kind of being in there in that left circle, one-timer, that kind of thing. Uh, and then Kirill Marchenko, also got a goal. That is his fifth in 12 games. Not a bad start to his NHL career. Beautiful assist from Johnny Goudreau on that one. So to have guys like that playing well in these games, that is more the kind of takeaway that I'm looking for rather than, oh, did we win or not? Who did we beat? That doesn't matter. I just want to see guys like that get a chance to play and get a chance to play well. 100%. And then the bonus factor there of Nyquist scoring two shorthanded goals um you know him if he can continue to play like that uh, it's going to raise the eyebrows of the scout the scouts across the league and only raise his value at the trade deadline too so oh yeah for sure for sure now i mentioned johnny goudreau uh during the seven game losing streak um it got pointed out um how much he had been struggling during that stretch he's obviously been great all season for us and to be clear at this point he does still have 37 points in 35 games. Not really complaining about Goudreau, but in the seven losses, he had just four points, all assists, no goals. He's got an eight-game goalless streak, which is unusual for him to go that long without getting a goal. Um, He has been 
really more of an assist guy this year, just 10 goals to 27 assists. Uh, did have two assists against Chicago, though. So uh, do you have any concerns about Gaudreau? Um, do you think there was anything affecting this drought for him, or is it just kind of bad luck, bad players around him? What do you take away from that? Yeah, I, I, I'm not concerned about it at all. I think that he he's probably had some problems just because of the team as a whole. Sure. Um, there's been a lot of line shuffling, um, some questionable lineup decisions by the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when Jack Rosovic played a couple games up with him, things just went horribly. Yeah. Um, you know, so Johnny, Johnny Gaudreau isn't Connor McDavid. Um, he's a great player. Um, but, and he, he, he does a lot of times create something out of nothing, but when the, when the team's playing that badly around you, the defenseman can't get the puck up the ice. Um, you know, it's going to be hard to put, put goals in the net. It's not like anybody else on the team was, was playing well either. Yeah. And I do think the, the line shuffling certainly could hurt things a bit. Um, you know, as much as we disagreed with having Boone Jenner on first line center, uh, he and Goudreau were playing well together and we're starting to develop some chemistry. So having that taken away from him hurts, um, I think when, you know, when line a was out with illness that allowed the defense to focus on Goudreau when he was on the ice, you know, there wasn't another threat at his level on the ice with him. Uh, I think also with injuries down the lineup, when you had say, you know, bottom six that had like Robinson, Meyer, foodie, Olivier, that kind of thing, like, you know, that's half your lines that are really not any sort of threat. So teams could really just focus on putting their best defensive efforts against Goudreau. And that was really going to limit his um, chances as well. Now, fortunately, it appears that Patrick Liney is recovered from his illness, should be back in the lineup on Tuesday. He was practicing on Monday. Uh, he is back on Goudreau's line. So maybe things can get back to normal there. They do still have Kent Johnson at center, which uh, what do you think of the Kent Johnson at center experiment so far? It's been, it's been awesome. I think it's about as good as you could expect it to be. Um, You know, he has struggled in the face-off circle, which Mm -hmm. completely expected, Um, you know, not only lack of experience there, but I think strength is a big thing, big thing there too. He's, he has some work to do. Um, on his strength, part of it's just being young, um, yeah. so that will come, um, and then the experience as well. But outside of that, I mean, he plays well. You look at you look at the the Corsi numbers when he's playing center, um, especially on that top line. Um, you know, it appears that they're possessing the puck more than than not. Um, he's being responsible defensively. Um, yeah. and we know we've seen it. He can distribute the puck and that's what you want from somebody in the center ice position. And he's done a great job of it. You've seen him clicking with, with Goudreau. I think we're still kind of waiting to see him click with line. A. We haven't seen that yet. Right. Um, but he's clicking with Goudreau and he's playing there. Um, I was a little shocked that Larson went away from that just because it had been working so well. Um, well, okay. Okay. Oh, to be clear, ahead. I, <laughs> I'm surprised in that <laughs> it, it sh- that's not a movie you should make. I'm not surprised that Larson would make the questionable move. Let's, yes. I think we can make that clarification there, but yeah, go on. That is, a, that is an appropriate correction. 
Um, but yeah, no, he's, he's been great. I hope that he stays there. Um, I have full expectation that no matter how well it goes, if they could go on a 10 game win streak, Johnson could have four hot tricks. When Boone Jenner comes back in the lineup, he's going right back into that spot. Um, yeah. Hopefully yeah. Ken Johnson will stay at center um, just for that experience. Um, but he's done great so far. What, what have you seen? Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, I think the, the face-off thing is something that will hold him back in the coach's eyes, uh, but I don't think that it should. I think that is a relatively small part of the game, um, even though it's an important role for the center, but overall in the game, I'm more concerned about the overall possession numbers when he's on the ice, and they're generally very good. Um, I also think that, as you said, given the physical development that could still happen at his age, um, given that he is such a a smart player and a hard worker, he's always out there getting the extra time on the ice. Uh, I think they mentioned one of the broadcasts this week that he'd been working with Sean Corrali on faceoffs. So I think that, that is an area where he can improve and it's just going to take time. It's just going to take getting reps. So I'm not super concerned about that. And I think we can ignore that for the time being because of everything else that he does good on the ice. Um, it's, you know, everything we've been saying all season, he just sees the ice so well. He's so good with the puck. And it's really fun seeing him with Goudreau because they can play the game at the same pace. And they're both able to do things of, you know, just holding the puck for like just the right amount of time to let the defense get in out of position and then make their pass and, and all that. It's, that's really fun to watch. So, and even if like, I agree with you that when Jenner's healthy, he's probably going right back in that line, but maybe this experience can help Johnson in terms of his comfort at the center position. And if he's back and you're able to put him with say Marchenko and Bemstrom, or Marchenko and Chinikov when Chinikov comes back, um, I think that could be a really nice, uh, you know, complementary scoring line. Mm-hmm. Um, that again would prevent teams from focusing so much just on lining and Goudreau. Um, so I definitely think that we've seen enough from Johnson that he should continue to stay at center. Now, what does that mean if you also keep Jeter at center? Is there any of Roslovic, Sillinger, Corrali that you don't play there? I would say probably maybe Roslovic you move out of center at this point just because he's been so inconsistent and maybe putting him back at wing could, you know, get his game going. Have him focus on less things, just focus more on, hey, get the puck and score, which is something that we know that he can do. Yeah, I'm hoping that's the way that it shakes out. I think it's been mentioned multiple places. I think Porty has mentioned it. I think they've mentioned it other other places as well that Roslovic is seen by scouts across the league as as a winger. Mm-hmm. Um, and if if a team were to trade for him or if he were to end up on another team, the likelihood that he'd be um, just put on wing would be pretty high. Sure. Um, so I, I, it would be kind of nice to see. They could put him to wing. Um just to kind of see what they get out of him. It could change his game. It could um, help him to start playing better. Um, and it could probably, it could help feed them information on kind of what to do with him going forward. Yeah. And like you said, like with Nyquist, it can show teams what he can do in a different position. It could maybe up his trade value. Plus the fact that he has another year beyond this on his contract 
that is something that could have value if teams were looking for a player like him at the deadline. I don't know they would be. I don't know the Jackets would be considering moving him at this point, but it's an option there at least. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. All right, today as we're recording this, the Winter Classic is going on at Fenway Park in Boston. It's the Bruins versus the Penguins. This is the uh, sixth outdoor game for the Penguins. It is the fifth outdoor game for the Bruins. It is the second outdoor game at Fenway. We've complained about this before. We're going to complain about it again right now. The NHL also announced today that next year's Winter Classic will be in Seattle featuring the Kraken. Uh, that'll be in their third year of existence against the Vegas Golden Knights in their uh, what sixth year of existence. Uh, so those two teams getting an outdoor game before Columbus will have played in any outdoor games in their 23 years of existence. This sucks. This is really, really frustrating that we continue to get overlooked by the NHL uh, in this department. Yeah, and you, there's been so many rumors that have flown around over the years and them giving it to um, Seattle and Vegas, you know, you really do wonder if the main reason is Ohio State. Um, I know that, you know, people in Columbus probably don't like to think about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, the, you know, you can fault the NHL all you want. Um, and you can wonder if Bettman is lying through his teeth when he says he wants to get an outdoor game in, in Columbus. Um, but if they're given one to Seattle and Vegas, you know, you have to wonder if, you know, maybe it isn't the NHL's fault that it hasn't happened yet. Um, but also at the same time, you kind of also have to wonder if maybe the stars are starting to align, which kind of kind of sounds like they have been over the past year or two. Um, and maybe they're just going to wait until the Blue Jackets are a little bit better. You know, why mm-hmm. why do you want to award Columbus a outdoor game when they are? you know, the second worst team in the league. Right. Um, Seattle and, and Vegas still have a lot of the Vegas is still decent. 
Um, Seattle has been better than expected this year, but there's still a lot of fanfare around those teams. I mean, remember mm-hmm. what the buzz on Columbus was the first 10 years of um, the existence of the Blue Jackets, no matter how bad they were, they sold out the arena. Um, you know, so it might have something to do with it. You know, you don't want to have a stadium that only has 25%, 20% Blue Jackets fans in it mm-hmm. because, you know, they're terrible and nobody wants to go to the game. Sure. And in a few years, the Jackets could have one of, you know, Connor Bedard or Adam Fantilli or Leo Carlson or one of these future young stars like that to go along with, you know, Kent Johnson, David Yerichek, et cetera. So, yeah, I, I definitely see that. Um, I'm not necessarily begging for a game next year. I just don't like that these recent expansion teams are getting it so soon before we are. And I do feel like based on the the Twitter reaction that most Jackets fans at this point are not blaming the league. They are blaming Ohio state. Um, and they feel like this is almost a personal vendetta against Gene Smith or something that, um, that he's dragging his feet on this. Uh, you know, I know they've said in the past that there's an issue with, they need to winterize the stadium, which I think is a, it's a valid factor, but I think it's a solvable problem. You just have to get it done. It can be done. Um, What's also, the they were in Columbus today. <laughs> it's really nice. It's like high fifties. It's beautiful. Yeah, I would say it wouldn't have been a problem, you know. No, it's not a problem. To plan, it's hard to plan for those kind of things, but and if it had been today, then it wouldn't have been a problem. Right, and I've been to OSU Michigan game that was like down in the teens temperature right. wise. So, and the stadium was fine then. Um, also, if you know Ohio State is to host a college football playoff game here in the coming years when the playoff expands and they have on-campus games, they'll need to get the stadium ready for that kind of eventuality as well. So I think that that will happen in time. But at this point, too, I would settle for being the away team in an outdoor game. Now, I don't know if they want to spread it out. They wouldn't want like, oh, Columbus has an away team and then like a year or two later they host one. I don't know. But of course, given how much they've rotated a lot of the same teams mm-hmm. in outdoor games, like that's probably not really an issue. Um, but yeah, also, I would. I'm also skeptical that you could get Blue Jackets fans right now to, to travel. Uh, well, you know, could you get 20, 30, 40,000 Blue Jacket fans to, to travel three hours to go to a game? Not this season because of how bad the team has been. But I think when you look at the number of fans that were willing to travel to Finland, to see them play. Um, you're talking about getting to just somewhere else in North America. Uh, I think the Jackets fans could make a very respectable showing for that game. I know I'd go. Like, I, it doesn't matter when or where. Like, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll make the plans. I'll go to that game. i got to be there. That's historic for the franchise. So um, I would settle for being an away team. And I do know that from what we've been told, that the, the NHL told the broadcasters at the start of the season – that every team in the NHL is going to play in an outdoor game in the next four or so seasons. So it is coming up for the Jackets in that time based on what they said. I think it's just a matter of when specifically, what venue, what opponent, all that. It will happen. So be patient, Jackets fans. But I totally understand the frustration because we really should have had it by now. I do think it would be great to see the NHL become a little bit more lax on allowing teams to kind of organize their own special games like that. Mm. 
um, you know, it, there's been there's been talk about well, Lower dot com Field is is a great new venue in Columbus. Yeah. You know, it holds what twenty thousand, um, so it holds slightly more than Nationwide Arena does. And I know the NHL doesn't want. They've done small venues like that in the past. I think they did one in. I can't remember when it was. I think they did one in Toronto, mm-hmm. um, at one of that um, Toronto FC's stadium, didn't they? Several years back. Um, yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And I know they would kind of want to shy away. They want this big, grand um, spectacle with the big stadium. And I know that they would probably want to do it in Ohio Stadium first. Um, right. But, you know, why can't the Blue Jackets, if another team would agree to it, you know, why not play a game outside at lower.com field um, on their own accord? You know, you know, that would be a cool thing for fans to experience across the country um, just to have more um, kind of one-off things like that on a more frequent basis. So it's just kind of change things up in a league, you know, that it's 82 game season. It would be nice to have a little bit more variety sometimes. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, and more games where you have specialty jerseys and things like that, like why have these restrictions on the number of times you can wear alternates and things like that. I think that's kind of, yep. kind of a waste. Uh, so, uh, but I understand too, the league wants these outdoor games to be special. They don't want to have too many of them and they are, you know, a thing for the broadcasters, you know, TNT's got the rights to the winter classic and they want that kind of exclusivity and all that, which I, I totally get. And I do think too, I'm not expecting the jackets to be in a winter classic. I'm expecting the jackets to be in a stadium series game mm-hmm. to avoid any chance that it conflicts with an Ohio state football game, which, you know, it, we talked about a few weeks ago on the pod in terms of moving up the, New Year's Eve game to avoid conflicting with the playoffs. And um, I know some fans will get a little sensitive about that, but you know, get, get, get over it. Like it is the reality. We just have to accept that that's the case at this point, you know, Hey, maybe in 20 years time, it'll change. Maybe the Buckeyes will fall off and the Jackets will become really great and things will switch, but uh, I'm not holding my breath for that. One last thing to talk about this week the World Juniors are ongoing right now. I believe they're in the uh, quarterfinals today. And the Jackets are only represented on Team Czechia, but they're having themselves quite a tournament. They won their group. They upset Canada in the first game. And Jackets prospect Stanislav Svozil is uh, tied for eighth, or sorry, he's tied for 11th in scoring. He has six points in the tournament so far. Uh, He had five points in his first two games, which was super impressive. So he has been on fire. Uh, Like last I saw, he was tied with Shane Wright in points. So that's a pretty pretty good company there. Uh, David Yurchek, I think he's at four points himself, also having a very nice tournament. Uh, Had some really excellent plays in an overtime loss to Sweden. Almost got an overtime winner. Uh, so both of those guys making a really strong impression. Uh, any world junior thoughts from you? Yeah, you know, I, I'm super happy with uh, Sfosel and, and Yurchek. Um, You know, especially Yurchek kind of struggling out of the gate. In, which, totally expected. Um, struggling out of the gate in camp. Struggled in some of the NHL games he played in. Um, you know, I know that some Jackets fans wanted to see more out of him. But, you know, 18-year-old, you, you can't really expect... Um, somebody to come out and, 
and and played super well in those situations. Mm-hmm. He goes down to Cleveland, has just had an awesome year in Cleveland, is adjusting his game, um, playing really well there, um, and then goes to Royal Juniors and is playing really well there. So it's it's what you want to see out of him. It's what you would expect to see. Um, Svozel has been a, a revelation. Um, you know, a lot of people maybe forget that there were some. Um, draft rankings around the league in his draft year that had him projected in the first round. Not all of them, but but there were some mm-hmm. that had him projected as a first rounder. He falls to the third round. The Jackets pick him up. Um, and it's great to see him be, because he has really risen to the level of a first round um, draft pick. Mm-hmm. He's had a great year um, uh, in the uh, WHL. W- yep, correct. Um, and he has had a great World Juniors. Um, and I don't know if you haven't seen clips of him passing the puck, the kid can pass the puck. He is an unbelievable passer. He's a great skater. Um, so, you know, I'm really high on him right now and to see those guys perform at the level they have, it's been just awesome to to see. It's what the Jackets need exactly. So. And it'll be interesting to me to see if Swabzul can make the NHL team next season. Because if he does, there could be a chance for a reunion, not just with Yurichek, but one of his teammates in Regina this year is Connor Bedard. So I'm just saying, you know. Maybe give us a little bit of luck. We need every bit what we can yeah. get. So. Yeah, fingers crossed. So obviously, yeah, draft position, we'll be watching that for the uh, next few months here in 2023. Uh, but hopefully, again, we can still continue to see growth from our prospects uh, as the season goes on. So plenty more to talk about uh, in the remaining half of the season here. So good to talk to you again, Dale. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Happy 2023. Catch you next time. For more content from the Canon, go to JacketsCanon.com. You can also follow the Canon on Facebook and on Twitter at CBJ Cannon. If you like this podcast, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and be sure to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Our theme music is the song Green Eyes by Angela Perley and the Howlin' Moons. Go to AngelaPerley.com for more music and show dates.